Slater and Lou on News Radio 600 Kogo. Good to be with you on a very, very important Tuesday afternoon here in San Diego as the National League Division Championship game kicks off here in San Diego. And everybody in San Diego is excited. And well, downtown listen, is just blowing up. I went downtown earlier today and I was handing out masks and telling everyone to stay six feet apart because we are still, Lou Penrose, in a state of emergency That's due true. to the COVID epidemic. That's true. Right outside Petco Park, yeah. where people are packed. Oh. Uh, they shouldn't be. They, it's a super it, spreading event, Lou. It's a super spreader. <laughs> yeah, you should. That's right. They should really be wearing masks. And, yeah. uh, and uh, I mean, if they're going to obey gas the mask. state of emergency. Yeah, gas mat, the hazmat suits, the whole thing. Think about think of the people who are going to die, Lou. So the absurdity of the governor saying we are going I'm going to end the state of emergency in February. And <laughs> yeah, hold on. Hold on. Real pause. February is really far away. My wife is 37 weeks pregnant. Our kid will be like four months old. The yeah. kid will be like, I don't know what do four months do. Four month olds do. Well, they'll like, be out of the, they'll be out of their onesies. That's for sure. Yeah. yeah. I mean, the it'll be like, I don't know, like a high chair, maybe at four months. I don't like, like, like that's very different than a 37 week pregnant wife. That's a long time from now. To end a state of emergency that clearly could be ended a year ago, <laughs> or, or or the day that he said it, which was yesterday. <laughs> that, and I, this is there's a continuing theme in all that Governor Newsom has done with respect to COVID. It, it's just, it, I mean, I think it might be borderline absurd to him, but completely absurd to the rest of us. When we when we ended the mask mandate in California, it was like a month after the CDC said you could end the mask mandate. Do you remember that? It was Memorial Day weekend when the CDC said that uh, the nation could end its mask mandate. And the governor of California said, we're going to wait an extra two weeks. It was like June 15th or something. And there was no logic to it. Like, why are we later than everybody else when you have always pointed to the CDC as the rationale for everything? And there was a number of things that he did that just didn't seem to make a whole lot of sense. And no, this we're way is one of them. Now. Yeah, we're way better. Little California, we know better than everyone. But then how can you have a National League Divisions championship game in downtown it was San the Diego? Super Bowl. It was the Super Bowl in or January Bowl. was the big thing that finally broke it, I imagine. Was that so why, why doesn't that absurdity stick? Why do, why do reporters just go with it? I'm looking I at know. the headline in Political. Governor Newsom is ending COVID-19 state of emergency on February 28th, this office announced no yesterday. No question. And like, there's no, like, no hint of what? Right? Like any of the normal reactions you, I, and everyone listening now would naturally have. No reporter is like, well, well why, not, why not now? Why not right now? <laughs> Unbelievable. By the way, California's seven-day positivity rate. Remember those things? Positivity oh, yeah, rates? I forgot all these. Remember I the purple, the metrics. red, the orange, yeah. and the yellow? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So purple, as you recall, was 7.0. And you know, in order to get to red, you had to be 6.0. Okay, where are we now? 4.7. I don't know. Yeah, so that's good. So, I mean, so we're not, I mean, we're not in Okay, red. so you're not saying it's zero. It's not zero. Oh, it's, okay. cl it's, cl <laughs> it's closer to red than it is to orange, I'll tell you that much. Okay, yeah. And in orange, I think you could only go to the 50% like capacity or something, right, based on the logic mm. we were using then. Yeah, so we got to clear out Petco now, quick. Go, we got to save the day. We got. We got I mean, based on, this, the, based the, on the positivity rate, you could only have fifty percent capacity at Petco Park. Yeah, we got to hack into the speaker system and tell everyone to clear out. Everyone in an odd number seat. Sorry, Jack, you're out of here, man. Yeah, it's, it's orange it's for your own it's safety. It's, it's it's a level orange right now. It's That's not level uh, yellow. <laughs> it's level and there was no yellow. There was no level green. <laughs> if you say it's level orange, they'll be like, "Yeah, level orange, retro Padre colors, go team." We're like, "No, no, you're all gonna die." Remember. 
So it's just unbelievable that these absurdities are just allowed to just float out there. So yeah. the governor says that the state of emergency will end uh, the last day of February. <laughs> the last day of February. So not even February <laughs> Oh, that's 1st. amazing. Like, why not just do March 1st? I don't understand these dates either. All of it is absurd. Now, here's the problem. And like all seriousness, this is the problem for the Slater family, perhaps the Penrose family and your family. There is one mandate that is looming on top of us. It is just sitting there. And I was able to put it aside for a couple months, thinking it was gone even. But I look up again, Lou. You made me look up. And it's still there. Yeah, I, I thought that someone was goofing with me uh, when they sent it to me last night on Instagram. Uh, so I always double and triple check these things because I, I don't want to be wrong. Uh, but I went to the CDC's website and there is an advisory committee meeting tomorrow. And at 1215, it is uh, on the agenda. It starts at 830. They get through a bunch of other stuff. They're going to talk about all kinds of things. And then what's on the agenda is a discussion for a vote to recommend vaccines and children. <sighs> As part of the schedule of vaccines for schools. Wow. And then and then California would be like, well, we got CDC recommends, so we must mandate it as well in California schools. And then then all bets are off. All right. Let's talk so about we, that we got to explain to this what it means. Like, what, what can yeah. the CDC do? What does it mean for us here in California? What's likely to happen in California? And then how do we how do we how do we how do we, how do we handle that? that? Yeah. We, right. we sort good. this all out because we're freaking out moms right now. Including my <laughs> wife. All right. We'll do it next. Later on Lou, News Radio 600. Go, go. Closing time. Open Governor Gavin Newsom door, says the COVID-19 state of emergency will end February 28th, 2023, almost exactly three years after the first emergency declaration at state home orders were issued in California. Yeah, this is the law. It says uh, the governor shall proclaim the termination of the state of the state of emergency at the earliest possible date that the conditions warrant earliest possible day which gavin newsom has determined is february <laughs> yeah that, so that belies even the ability to end it at a date that has not yet had something could happen right so the, based on the law you can't end it at a, a date in the future you have to end it on the date that it is yeah you're right yeah you're right you have to assess the moment not what you predict would be in five months <laughs> he's, not doing, he's not doing anything right no, nothing in this state is being handled right now so, on principle not even democrats in the state legislature are holding him accountable for not running the railroad right no so here's the looming mandate so mask mandates were a huge drama we didn't want to send our kids to school because they have to wear a mask and like this whole thing but we were like as long as they don't and we lucked out we didn't have to our kids weren't in school yeah, no, we sweated it out. And my wife was looking at the uh, real estate in, you know, St. George, Utah. That was a reason to move. And I would not have uh, I would not have uh, uh, said that's a bad decision. But here's the big one. This is the big one. This is the no questions. Keep this poison away from my kids. Get away from me. You're the, <laughs> don't get that anywhere near my children. Is a mandate for your kid to get the COVID vaccine in order to go to school, public or private. That's... The game changer. Tomorrow, the Center for Disease Control and Prevention have this advisory committee on immunization practices, the ACIP. The meeting in Atlanta, I have the agenda in my, I sent you the agenda too, so you can uh, hold me to it. Uh, they started at 8.30 on 12, at 12 o'clock after lunch, they will vote on recommendations for COVID-19 in pregnant people. Not pregnant oh, women. My, are you, are the, I missed the pregnant. Oh, my goodness. They will oh, vote on goodness. COVID-19. With all, 
Yeah. With all the warnings that have already come out, with all the the causes for concern, with all the admission that the COVID vaccine has affected women's menstrual cycles. And and, breast milk. And and, and breast milk. They're still pushing it. These people are wicked. They're absolutely wicked. That's the first vote. COVID-19 in pregnant people. Uh, COVID-19 in infants under the age of six months. Infants under... COVID-19 vaccine. Next next vote, COVID-19 vaccine safety in pregnant people again. And then the last vote will be COVID vaccines in children. So now, so just so that everyone understands this, the Center for Disease Control and Prevention has no regulatory authority whatsoever. What they do is make health care recommendations to the health, the Department of Health and Human Services. And which, by the way, we usually 99 percent of the time we tell them to go pound sand because this is the same group that says, oh, you can't eat raw cookie dough. And, you know, don't ever drink even a drink of alcohol and whatever. All these other wacky To, to this day on their website, they are recommending that you wear two face masks. No. Still on the website. Okay. The, yeah. The, so they, they're by definition always going to be crazy overzealous. Overzealous. Right. And, 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 and in a normal world, you would expect that of any agency, right? The agency is going to advocate to the, you know, all the way to the extreme on their point of view. And that's filtered to the cabinet level person, which is the Department of Health and Human Services secretary. And that person factors that in and makes recommendations to the president. And then the president makes, you know, a decision. Based on what he knows to be, the CDC is going to be way more extreme, right? Okay. Way more overcautious. I've got to balance that with you know freedom, the Constitution, people's personal liberties, the business community, my own thoughts, uh, and what's popular with the people. And then, unfortunately, for the last two years, system. it's been exactly what Fauci's wants, and that's yeah. what he gets. That's right. Who, who who takes in no other considerations into into his metric of thinking? Which is why everything has been all uh, totally uh, off balance. It's it's, okay. it's what, what Rochelle Walensky says and what Dr. Fauci says is is gospel. And it mm-hmm. isn't. It's just their point of view opinion. But uh, look, to, to boil it down, what matter? I don't care about any of that when they because once the CDC makes votes to recommend that children get vaccinated in order to be part of school, you know that the state of California is going to use that as, the, as their rationale. Yeah. And that's a huge problem because we that's already have problem. all these mandates for all the other vaccines. Uh, and that's I know a lot of people who homeschool for that. And if they mandate a COVID vaccine, come on, me break. Meanwhile, so, the Surgeon General in Florida is recommending no one under 40 get the MR. <laughs> no men, no men under 40. Forget about infants or five year olds, like 38 year olds, he says, shouldn't get the vaccine. Listen, I've seen way too many people. Way too many athletic people drop dead on a soccer field in the last. Have you have you seen these? I have seen these people. I, have you, that, now, have that, you ever that, seen have it? Strange have, illnesses and strange sudden deaths of people who are in very good shape. Have you ever seen it any other time in your entire life? Have you ever seen a seventeen year old just drop dead on a basketball court? No. So never there's seen something, that. Something new going on out there. Uh, so I'm the, the only other thing I can think of is, uh, oh yeah, those vaccinations are being pushed. No, let, let's be fair here because that's that's a wild accusation I and you have made. One of three things could be true. Again, videos of healthy, fit 30-year-olds just dying while playing out sports. It's like unbelievable. So one of three things. Either this has always happened. We just didn't know it. There were always just soccer players and basketball players and 17-year-old boys just dying from inflamed hearts. Maybe that's always happened. We didn't know. Second is COVID causes the inflammation of the heart. So this is one of the long-term effects of COVID. Or 
we have uh, this magical vaccine that we know we were profoundly lied to about uh, by everyone at the top. And we were told that absolutely zero side effects. It's the first medicine in the history of the world that has no side effects whatsoever. Every 60-second ad for a medicine has 48 seconds of side effects. This is the first one that is not. It's unbelievable. And that is what causes just enough people to have an inflamed heart to die that we've never, ever seen before. So it's one of those three things. Those are your options. Yeah, those are your only options. Also, keep in mind that the, uh, the, the makers of these vaccines are so confident in their quality that they themselves are seeking immunity from any lawsuits, class action or otherwise, uh, from anybody that's, <laughs> that's harmed uh, as a result of taking the vaccine. That yeah, doesn't listen, comfort me very well. How dare you impugn the motives of big pharmaceutical companies? Which, by the way, when I say big pharma... I like the first picture that comes into my brain is Bernie Sanders. You know what I mean? This is like a lefty thing. That's leftists are always like, oh, big pharma. You don't trust big pharma. You hate big pharma. But all of a sudden, these last couple of years, big pharma, the greatest people in the whole world. Love big pharma. Yep. They know best. Inject it into my veins, big pharma, whatever you got. Well, since it's on the mind of so many people, and we'll see what the CDC ultimately recommends tomorrow, uh, something happened in San Diego that's odd to me. And it might just be, you know, it just might be one of those things because we're hyper-focused on it. But in two high schools in San Diego over the last two weeks, over a thousand students were out with the flu. It's it's actually statistically very much an anomaly. I'll tell you what the statistics are. Just a lot of high school kids, 401 schools, 700 in another school called out for being sick. Yeah, I thought it was nothing. When you first told me this, I thought it was nothing. But the more I think about it, I think there's something here. There's got to be something there. Otherwise, there's something else, but we'll have to figure out what it is. That's coming up next, Slater and Lou, on News Radio 600 Kogo. I don't hear this anymore. And this was a common thing growing up. It was, I don't even know the scenarios on, and it's been so long, but people would say, don't tell me the score. Don't tell me the score. I'm taping it. That's right. Don't tell me how the game turned out. I'm taping it. I want to watch the whole game. Isn't that crazy? What was the scenario where that, where people did that? And that it's not relevant today. Why do they, why do people not play that same game today? I never, I haven't heard anyone do that in fifteen years. Because we, it's it's impossible to not know the score. You'll get alerts on your phone if you're following your favorite team. So it, it, yeah, you cannot spoil alerts. Spoiler alerts just don't work anymore. Really? So what what was the scenario back in the day? You would you couldn't. Get you didn't have home? a phone. <laughs> you didn't need to walk around with a constant, you know, ticker tape, uh, yeah. you know, telling you what's going on. So in the you world. weren't home. So maybe you would tape it tonight and then watch it tomorrow. Could or you, you would tape it. You would program your VCR to tape it uh, seven to ten, and you got off work at ten o'clock. You watch the game, and you would hope that nobody on your way to your apartment would tell you what happened. Yes, yeah, like you're you're yeah, you're, on the, you're on the way. So it's like, hey, uh, you you happy now that, that you're t- and you're like, no, don't tell. I'm happy. I'm sad. I don't know what I am. I don't know. Oh, those Lakers, boy, they really threw it away like, that no! night, didn't they? Oh, you idiot! <laughs> wow, what a like a weird cultural thing that just doesn't happen anymore. Uh, if you know an organization or individual is making a difference in the community, you can nominate them for the George Chamberlain Community Leadership Award. Coco.com/slash/Chamberlain and recipients to get a thousand dollar donation recognition on air and uh and more our latest recipient is michael nance founder of a bridge for kids it's a nonprofit that helps underprivileged kids get into uh, old college there you can submit a nomination at kogo.com keyword chamberlain brought to you by sdccu it's not big bank banking it's better lou how are you feeling right now are you a little uh, a little under the weather, weather no yourself? not under the weather at all wow. i feel good but um 
You're supposed to ask me how I feel. When I ask, oh, when how, someone how asks you, you how you feel, you're like, no well, one why, cares. Why do you like, ask? Are you feeling poorly? And you think I don't I really care something? how you feel. It's just a setup for you to ask me. Now, Lou, how are you feeling? Are you feeling okay? I'm well. How are you, sir? I'm fine. See? We're both fine. <laughs> just touch. It's, 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 out, it's the social courtesy. You're supposed to ask. Not, no one asks because they care. They ask because they want. It's a, I want to talk about me. Oh, got it. Okay. That's how that goes. But who is sick, Lou? Uh, <laughs> I was wondering how Four you were going to bring me into this story. No, because I wanted to, I, I, I read this and it's just kind of sitting in the newspaper. And I, am I the only one that's finding this bizarre? At Del Norte High School last week at, at Forest Ranch, 400 students called out sick Tuesday and Wednesday. 400. It's like, uh, and that's just a week after Patrick Henry High School, 700 kids called out sick Tuesday following Saturday's homecoming dance. Every like that was forty percent of the student body. I mean, Ooh, like literally, dance. a lot of lot of spit swapping going on. A lot of dancing, right? Nobody's yeah. six uh, feet apart at the dance no, in no, high school. No. I mean, do you remember? Do you remember the you COVID dance? Do you remember the COVID dance? Did you see the video where the the the, the girls and boys were uh, slow dancing with their elbows locked back to back? Oh no! That video? I did not see that one. I did yeah. watch my children play tag with pool noodles. Uh, and that's how you would tag somebody. You know the pool noodles that you get at the 99 cent store? Wow, they would hand it. each child a pool noodle and they would run around the playground with their masks on oh. and play tag oh, by hitting the pool noodles. We absolutely lost our minds. Will we but ever it, get them back? If you, so 40% of the student body out sick, out sick uh, in another school district far away. I mean, they're not, they're not neighboring schools. 400 kids out sick. Same week. According to uh, the, the Department of Health here in San Diego, that's a, that's a that is over a thousand cases of the flu in the month of October, which is a quarter of the entire last year's cases. So we've already oh. reached twenty five percent of all the flu cases for the city of, or for the county of San Diego well, last year. October, yeah, and we're so, in October. First off, even, I mean, this isn't even flu season yet, right? Isn't flu season like around January, around the holidays? Yeah. First thought is, I mean, it's just like a little bug that goes around, whatever. But then. We were talking about it earlier, and I'm like, oh, I think you're on to something. I think, I think there's something here. There's a couple of things potentially here. And I mean, I like do you this... remember the last time that 700 high school kids were out the same week? God, I don't remember that growing up. Maybe there'd be like a day when you'd look around and be like, there's not a lot of people here, but never that. I don't remember 700 being out. Even in the height of, like, even when it was like chicken pox and you were in second grade, sure. <laughs> it was never 40% of the classroom. Literally, these kids would go to school last week at, uh, at Patrick Henry High and forty percent of the classroom is gone. Yeah, which is no school. Like you're just watching. Right at that point, that forget point. about it. He's not yeah. even bother doing a lesson plan. Yeah. So and, and oh, by options. the way, so if I didn't tell you it was the flu, you would say, "Wow, there must be a strain of COVID." Mm. Unbelievably small the amount of COVID cases. About fifteen of the four hundred had COVID. It's like nobody tested positive for COVID. Everybody claims that they had the flu. That's good. So hopefully we act like normal people. And just they stay home for a little bit and then they come back when they feel better and that's the end of it. Right? We don't need to shut down restaurants. We don't need to shut down businesses. We don't we don't need to wear masks on airplanes because of Patrick Henry High School. We can just act like normal people now and just kinda they stay home, get better, come back. That's it. So is this gonna be the thing now? If somebody starts coughing, does everybody just stay home because nobody wants to get the flu? Or well, that's one of my concerns. Did they all have the flu and this was just an unbelievable strain of the flu that was so contagious? Or did people hear that somebody else had the flu and they were, you know, making out with them at the Saturday night dance. <laughs> so they'd said, well, I'm going to stay home and they and just don't the want to go to school anyway. Yeah. 
Here, here's what I think. I think our kids are weaker. I think they're weaker. I think that we they we stayed stayed at home for three years. Didn't go anywhere. Didn't you know t- touch anything? Uh, ate junk food. What I did, right? So I think they're just weaker. I think their immune systems are weaker, and I think they're more susceptible to illnesses now. So I'm not a scientist, but I have had three boys, and I can tell you that the youngest has done better as a result of the oldest having like every little bug that was out there since he was since he was two years old he started having ear infections and nose infections and little fevers here and you know these like little just viruses and bugs that kids get but he was my oldest he was our first and so you know he would have give medicine he would get over it and then the middle one would get far less infections we were far less uh, often going to the doctor to get medication eardrops or whatever and my youngest, I can't remember the last time he's ever had a fever or I've ever given him medicine or even have gone to CVS for anything. Because he's probably and done all this stuff. It, right. Grandma says it's because they, they become immune. They, 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 they get their immunities from their olders. I believe it. That's what they say about peanuts, right? Expose your kids to peanuts earlier, prevent them from getting a peanut allergy when they're older. So I think we either have a weaker immune systems, as you just articulated, or could it potentially be because so many kids have the vaccine? Something like... 60% of you know, younger kids, like this high school age kids, six, maybe 70 or 80% even in some schools, have uh, the COVID vaccine. Has that potentially made people's immune systems weaker to the flu? I don't know. But something's changed. Something's changed because I don't weird. remember 700 kids all getting you know, the flu in the same week. Yeah. Well, don't worry. You say not a lot of these kids had flu. Uh, don't worry. Some scientists at Boston University has made super COVID, and uh, it's going to kill everyone. So yeah, that's, that's an amazing that's story. Cool. Yeah, this is an, this, uh, you would think this would be on the National Enquirer, but it's not. It's actually in the <laughs> medical journals. Yeah, they're making it. They're making Super COVID. Zero, zero, Padres game. Uh, and we'll tell you more about Super COVID. Jeez. Uh, lab made Super COVID coming up next later in Lou News Radio 600. Go, go. And hey, welcome back to Slayer Lou. Zero, zero. Uh, coming in the top of the third year. So we started talking about COVID today because uh, Gavin Newsom just declared the end of the state of emergency. February 28th. <laughs> yeah, just not today. It's going to yeah. it's happening couple, months from now. In a couple months. So we've been talking about COVID and all these different things. So it turns out that Boston University just decided because this like what else are you doing? You know what, you know what I mean? What else are you doing at school? They decided to combine two different strains of COVID into a super COVID and they tested it on mice and it ended up killing 80% of the mice the mice that they infected. Just killed them dead. So scientists at Boston University have taken COVID and they are playing with it mm-hmm. and like what, putting it on steroids to see how much stronger they can make it. Yeah. Why did they do that? Like, what's the problem? What, what, you got a problem? What, what's, what's the problem? <laughs> no, I mean, like, well, I, I, that's, that's what they call gain of function research. Yeah. And I've never been able to understand why we have like, why is that a necessary form of research? Yeah. So like, it's not. How, how about not. curing COVID? Like coming up with an antidote yeah. to COVID? Well, that's the deal. They make it stronger and then they see how strong they can make it and then they come up with a vaccine for it. And the that's theory the only is way if to do it, it ever I mean, happens naturally, then they're ahead of it now. That's that's the only way. You yeah. have to first make it deadly and then and then that's that's the way that you can find the right cure for it mm-hmm. that the it can't just hurt you a lot. It has to be deadly first. Yeah. So it's a really bad idea. So it's like a lot of scientists it seems are like a bad it. idea to me. Yeah. And it's and not just you and me who say like, this is a bad idea. And actually back in 2014, 
14, Barack Obama. Yeah, Barack Obama in 14 ended gain-of-function experiments. And they stopped it for three years just to figure out what, like, what are we doing? Is this wise? Should we be doing this? Uh, so three years, they did a three-year pause, and then they got back to it. And uh, now we have COVID. <laughs> now, here's the problem with this, though. Because you could say, oh, it's a BSL-3 lab, biosafety level three. It's like the highest level. They're wearing like the, the suits from ET, and it's all super secure. And what's I mean, the problem? I, I, I'm sure there's a really, really good scientific reason that it's unknown to me. And, and that's fine. But I, I, it ought to be like the, the second line in the story. Yeah. Because it's, it, it, I think to the average person, the idea of taking COVID and, and strengthening it to the point that it's deadly, even the best laboratories in America, still like something that I don't really feel like they should be doing. But here's uh, the question. How many viruses or bacteria or toxins escape from laboratories? It better every be year. low. I'll tell I, you every I, year. Take Every year in the United States, by the way, we'll just stick in the United States. How many bacteria so, viruses and toxins have escaped american laboratories like so escape as in it got on someone's clothes or like one of the scientists got it and then came out and spread it or all the above there was all one the above. Scenario. Just, i'll get right. so whatever There's they were scenario. whatever they were working on behind the locked door got out into the public bingo there was uh, one scenario in london where there was a the, 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 the water pipe that went to the sewer leaked and the, the the infected water or whatever got into the soil and then some pigs got in it and it created like this huge pig flu or pig virus thing in England or whatever. So it can escape in, an, in a myriad of ways. Sure. So I'm going to say, I mean, it's got to be like under 1%. So hopefully it's going to be like 0.01%. A well, give me like, a, now, like how many viruses? Like. Or how many times? How many times a year? Oh, how many times has happened? Ever? Yeah. Uh, give me a, per year. Per year, I means it's happened more than once. <laughs> yeah, how many times per year? Ten. About three hundred. Are you kidding me? Mm -hmm. Three. So all right. So then we don't have secure bio labs. No. Don't tell me bio three or whatever, because three hundred times no. viruses that are not designed to exist out there that they're working on have wound up out there. This is a USA Today report back in 2014. So this is pre-COVID, pre-the politicization of everything. And from 2008 to 2012, 1,100 laboratory incidents, they're called. And they are the craziest. Like, like, the wha like what are you even talking about? So in 2015, the Department of Defense sent uh, 200 shipments of anthrax to laboratories around the world by accident. This is in Utah. They, they have a germ warfare testing center in Utah. And they, by accident, sent out 200 shipments of anthrax. Whoops. That's just wonderful. Uh, there's no smallpox in the world. There's two. There's two strains, one in Russia, one in Atlanta. Uh, because in 1986, they said, everyone get rid of your smallpox. So there's only two left in the whole world. And in like 2010 or something, they found six vials of it in a storage room in Washington, D.C. <laughs> like, whoops. We just have anthrax sitting around. In China, the same BSL-4 lab in, in Beijing had SARS escape from it twice. So, so this is not uncommon. I mean, these happens mistakes happen. Often, which is the, cra the craziest thing about this is when COVID first started and people said, hey, maybe it escaped from the laboratory down the street from the Wuhan. And people were like, oh, no way. Right. Could never happen. Right? And you're like, you're just oh, suggesting happens, it could happen is, uh, is, is, is sinophobic. Happen, yeah, happens 
all the time. All the time to the point where the uh, Department of uh, Agriculture has a research facility for animal diseases on Plum Island in New York. You know about Plum Island. It's right. right? It's right off the North Fork of Long Island. So it's this tiny little island, and all it has is an animal disease center. And it's the BSL-3. It's the highest level there is. And they decided to move it to Kansas, which is a horrific idea. Right. Better to be on an island uh, than to be in the middle of a landlocked part of the United States surrounded by land. You're studying hoof and mouth disease, and now you're around animals with hooves and mouths. This is a really bad idea. And they stopped stopped it for a couple years because people were like, this is a terrible idea. And they're doing it anyway. Uh, Right. But but like this happens about 300 times a year. And here they are making a, making a COVID that's uh, significantly worse than COVID. But, but I mean, that's, I just think the optics of the COVID thing is odd. Other things that they're working on, right? They, they, before COVID and all during COVID, they're working on other kinds of diseases and they don't have a tight control over it whatsoever. No, they got, I'm sure they're working on other terrible things as well. Coming up next, uh, the economy has affected a lot of things, uh, but here's one you may not have thought of. I'll tell you about it next on Slater and Lou. News Radio 600 Co.